0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we will be reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are in the chapter into action and we are on page 78, the third paragraph. Perhaps we have committed a criminal offense and we will be ending with that's a common form of trouble too, one paragraph only. Today's readers are uh, Nancy P. will be reading the text, Susan S.H. will be reading page 164. Uh, newcomer reader is Pam S.R. and the host will be Barb W. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, May 1st, 2023 is 20,210. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,000 to 11. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Marietta P. to read the 12 steps of OA.
1: Hi, Marietta P. and Virginia recovered
2: the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted it to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through praying meditation to prove our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you for letting me be of service.
0: Thank you, Marietta P., I will now ask Jim Kay to read the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous.
3: Good morning, everybody. I'm Jim Kay from Minneapolis. I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on upon OA unity. Tradition number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Tradition number three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Tradition four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Tradition five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive over who still suffers. Tradition 6, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Tradition 7, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Tradition eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Tradition nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Tradition ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Tradition eleven. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media or communication. And tradition 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you, Jim. And today's share ID for Tuesday, May 2nd, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Meeting is 20,213. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the direction for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous on into action, and we are on page 78, third paragraph. Perhaps we have committed a criminal offense and will be ending with that a common form of trouble too. It's one paragraph only. And I will now ask Nancy P. to begin reading.
4: Hi, good morning, Julie. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. Excuse me, recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Perhaps we have committed a criminal offense which might land us in jail if it were known to the authorities. We may be short in our accounts and unable to make good. We have already admitted this in confidence to another person, but we are sure we would be imprisoned or lose our job if it were known. Maybe it's only a petty offense, such as padding the expense account. Most of us have done that sort of thing. Maybe we are divorced and have remarried, but haven't kept up the alimony to number one. She is indignant about it and has a warrant out for our arrest. That's a form, common form of trouble, too. So um, this um, paragraph is really about my thinking, and I've already had the three warnings. Um, agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. Um, simply we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past, and we must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. I mean, they repeat themselves over and over and over again. And what it is is, by this time in the step process, like, I'm not done. I feel better. You know, you feel better as soon as you put the food down, but that's that's where the work begins. Because people who haven't put the food down it seems like that's the only goal or it seemed to me as though that would be the goal. If I could just not eat, everything else would be fine. Then I stopped eating. I would have stopped eating before I recovered and said, why am I still so angry? Why am I still so, you know, why is my life still so awful? I thought everything was going to be great if I was only a size six. Um, and, you know, what I had to do was clean out the rot and, you know, no matter what. And um, cause I don't want to pick up again. I don't. And so I have to do it no matter how I feel. And But luckily for me, I don't do it by myself. This book never says, all right, that's it. Go out. Go on. You know, I have, I have a, a thing that takes care of me in all circumstances that I stay in touch with in all circumstances. With every breath I take, I'm in touch. And so my fear is not significant it's not it doesn't own me in fact none of my feelings own me anymore and um and i'm able to do the right thing and i don't try to skate which i've done my entire life you know a lick and a promise you know bubble gum and scotch tape just enough to make it so that it'll clunk through whatever it is you know i'll clunk through or the you know something that's worn out will clunk through one last time and um but do i really want to get better yes And that's why in the beginning, when my sponsor told me to make two phone calls a day, the old Nancy would have been calling the lawyers, the doctors, the teachers, the executives, the police officers, anybody except anyone that was home. And I would say, oh, I made a lot of phone calls. It'll get better. And, of course, it never did. But when I really wanted to get better, you know, I cut the crap, excuse my language, and I got to work. And this is just more of the same. I had to do it all. And, you know, what happened when I made direct amends, when I told said what I did to people that it concerned, you know, it wasn't, I got thrown out of somebody's office. The guy said, he didn't, metaphorically he did that, but I tried to call, I tried to call. Finally, I used a friend's cell phone to call him so he wouldn't recognize my number. And he said, I'm not interested. And I swallowed hard and I said, okay, well, thank you for giving me at least that much. And, um, you know, today, my life is complete. I don't think about food, in terms of hiding, sneaking, cheating, and lying, ever, 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 ever. I do think about it quite a bit because I buy it all and make it all. But other than that, I, I'm not a compulsive overeater that's enthralled to the disease anymore. And um, I've done that, and it's all, they're all boogeymen. As soon as I turned around and said boo back, they melted away because I have all the fellows that save me. Fine. I have all, thank you, I have all the fellows, the people on this blind and my friends and the people that I call, they save me. They keep me in line. And my life today, bears no resemblance to what it once was. It's just full of joy and light and buoyancy, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy P. Okay, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience (coughs) too. And who would like to share on the paragraph that was just read?
5: Christina
6: oh, J. Melissa J. Um, Pamela so, P. Melissa pa- C. Pamela P. from Pennsylvania.
0: Pamela P. Kevin. Liz Kevin. E. UK. Kevin. I have Kevin. Terry. What's your initial of your last name? Kevin.
7: F. Vancouver, Canada.
0: F, Terry okay. W. Go ahead. Terry W. Take one more. Liz E U K.
8: UK.
0: Lizzie, okay. So I have Christina C, Melissa C,
9: Pamela P, Kevin S. Terry W and Liz E. So go ahead, Christina C.
10: Christina Star Good
5: I'm here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, my name's Christina J. and I'm from North Carolina. And I want to start out by saying I'm so grateful to be sponsoring again. It's been eight months since I was able to carry the message in the way that is the deeper way. Sure, sharing on phone calls is one thing, but to really have compassion for the suffering uh, addict out there and to be able to share my experience, strength, and hope through God. Uh, God got me to this point after uh, being in relapse in and out since October, and I'm so grateful to the program and to my fellows and to my sponsor and to God. So anyway, uh, I felt like when I discovered that I had stolen someone's wedding ring when I was a young woman at 18, when I discovered that in some prayer and meditation years and years ago before I even knew really that I had a spiritual sickness, that I had an emotional sickness, that was exasperated by a physical illness and an allergy with food. um, I was horrified. I thought I was going to have to go to jail. How was I ever going to, you know, face this and come clean with it? You know, I just lived in horror about it for years. Finally, on my very second four-step round, um, and it took a couple years after that to figure out what the amends was, and I didn't figure it out. God figured it out for me. I have a disability, a mental and physical and emotional disability. God led me to an online group that collects money to help physically disabled people get married who are sick physically, that have cancer or other debilitating physical illnesses, as well as some that are dying and want to get married before they die and don't have the funds. So I donated to that thing for years to help those people. That was such a great amends for me to make on that. God will show us the way we're supposed to do it. But I, you know, and I now have discovered a couple other horrific financial amends I have to make. And I'm going to talk to my sponsor about them because I can't go to my grave with them. This is a program that once the food is out of the way, once the so-called um, You know, I'm I'm preaching to the choir here, but once the so-called solution is out of the way, the real solution can come in. And I'm not going to be ashamed to say that it's a higher power. And we each have our own higher power that will guide us, whether it's somebody we just talk to that we don't have an image of. We just say, help me, like a, a, a member on this line says, help me. I don't like this. I love that. Hey, that's a start because you're reaching outside of yourself to something bigger. So we get help with these amends. We get help with our look And as Nancy so beautifully shared, you know, this is a sickness that is beyond the food. And it's just great. This pro—I mean, I'm really on a podium here this morning, but I'm just so grateful to be sponsoring again and to be willing to go Hi. forth, this pro- making amends, getting clean so I can be of service, because there's nothing much else in the world that interests me. <laughs> uh, anyway, love you all. Thank you for letting
0: me share. Thank you, Christina J. Next, we have Melissa C., followed by Pamela P. Go ahead, Melissa.
11: Hey, good morning, Julie. Thanks so much for your service. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and, you know, um, I, the the word that really grabbed me was petty you know because um i i think a lot of my harms you know if i looked at them one individual 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 they were petty but they accumulated you know and they they um they were part of my character you know how i behaved in the world basically um you know lots of little small dishonesties lots of little small um Financial you know dishonesties um stealing you know taking things not not huge in nature but 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 petty, and they accumulate you know and and i can't live um you know by the way it's only petty to me if it's my if it's not my money <laughs> if it's my money it doesn't feel so petty and um you know i my when I read this too, I think about the 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 oh, gosh, the attachment I had to my reputation over my integrity and that this is about really living um, in true integrity. I think all the steps are really about living in true integrity, which is um, directly related to how I have a relationship with God. God wants me to have integrity. God wants me to be honest and humble. And, you know, the petty things that I had done with money was – you know, it was stealing candy. I mean, it's petty, and it's shameful, and it's embarrassing, especially when you've done it to colleagues and coworkers, um, and then you have to go to them. It feels it feels um, horribly humiliating until you do it, and then it's incredibly freeing. And, um, you know, the other thing that I had done, which is this kind of padding my my expense account is, My kids' accounts have been linked, you know, through the bank to my accounts so that I was able to put money in their accounts when necessary. But I padded my expense account when I was short. You know, when I was short on my funds, I would go into my kids' money, my daughter's money, and my sons and move it over so that I could pay certain bills, right? Um, And then I would always go back and put the money back in, right? But I never said anything to them. And the truth is, it wasn't my money. It didn't belong to me. It didn't have my name on it, you know. It did, but it didn't. It wasn't mine. And I actually had to go to my daughter, you know, because she was the one that I had really done it to. Um, And I had to tell her what I had been doing. And she kind of laughed. She was like, oh, yeah, I don't care. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? I can't do that anymore, and I'm not going to do it anymore, Um, And if I ever needed to borrow money from you, I will have to ask you like a human being. Um, And those are the ways so that I live in integrity today. And, it, you know, just wrapping up, I know I'm out of time. It spills over into all areas of my life. I don't want to live with petty dishonesty. And um, with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. Next we have Pamela P. followed by Kevin S. Go ahead, Pamela.
9: Hello,
6: this is Pamela P from Pennsylvania. God bless you all. Um, so from the paragraph, um, I remember when I used to work for the C between one uh 1998 and 2005, and I used to um take people lunches and their little you know sweets on their desk, and so the disease was going to another level then and um i i you know I, I left the job i left a great job and went back took a time off because my father died, and then lived with my brother for four months and went back to the adult industry um i just couldn't couldn't do it hard to do a normal type of job with this disease and also with my um, with my experience as a child and a lot of things get me back to the adult industry. Um, but the eating disorder go to another level in normal situation. So I'm in normal situation now. I'm living with an amazing man and he's taking care. He he parents. And a lot of PTSD and a lot issues coming up. A lot of things you know, half of me I'm doing that I hadn't done in a while to aid my disease, to get, you know, to get the food. So it is a lot of stuff going on. And I they got I pray, and then every day I hope I be a better person today than yesterday. And yesterday was one of those days that things had happened so I could, were able to get the binge food. And yesterday was the first day I vomited food since 2021. So that is just scary. i never done that, and I'm terrified. I'm just praying to God that I don't do that no more because that alone would get me back into stuff I used to do when I was in my old job. So I'm just praying. You know, I just try to do right with everybody around me, and they try and my sponsor told me maybe I could find one person to call every week and check on them. They're not ready to be a sponsor and it just overwhelming me to be that. So, um I call my friend but we can't see you know, seeing program, we can't listen on so I would try to just listen to my sponsor because he had a lot of wisdom and she had what I want. I just want a strong recovery. And I had it for one week this year, and I lost it. It's been very hard to get back. The only good thing is when I do eat my trigger food, it's triggering me in a way, not giving me a quick fit no more. It's just making me uh, sick to my stomach. So thank you to let me say I pass. Thank you, Pamela P. Next
0: we have Kevin S. followed by Terry W. Go ahead, Kevin.
10: Kevin
7: Starwin. Wow. I was sharing away. Uh, well, this is Kevin. It's Kevin, I, uh, I'm in Vancouver here in the morning. Uh, the birds are chirping and uh, people are waking up. I've been up all night. Not good for sobriety, but I've been in another meeting before this, and so that's good, and made an outreach call. And uh, this topic, it's interesting, like, you know, I got separated from my wife a year ago. I came into the program, and surprisingly, uh, I, you know, I started changing. I don't know if that affected my wife's decision um, or whatever. And she has her own addiction, so we separated. And and then I tried to find my value in what my wife thought of me. So, you know, I'm an under earner, under beer, but um, so I stayed out of some good debt. But at that time, I had good credit, so I thought, okay, well i got to find a place to live. So I bought a truck camper. No advice from sponsor. Bad decision. Big story. Fell over. Almost started on fire. Not good. And, uh, you know, then I was in debt. And so I was sober for eight months, lost the weight, 108 pounds. And it it was awesome. Um, But I started making the program, the program knowledge my higher power. And so what that means for me is, like, Talking about it and and doing and you know even doing it and I would read a lot, but I wouldn't be praying what I read. And so my heart part just said, "Look, you gotta gotta write out some stuff. You gotta submit your like intellectualizing to to prayer, because prayer is mostly simple for me." And uh, so I started working some of my money issues. And surprisingly, I wasn't as afraid. And I wasn't all of a sudden, you know, sometimes I do work around that. And I'm like, I don't think anything's changing. Um, But then all of a sudden I finish something or I answer the collector calls. And, uh, yeah, and I bought a van, a new van for an Amazon job. And I'm terrible at Amazon. Like the detail job's terrible. And I knew that. But, again, the van pressed the wife finding my value somewhere else. And uh, so I'm still working for five months. It's awesome. Lost most of the weight. And uh, I think it's important for me because how I treat myself to change. And I've always learned in negotiation, it's better to appeal to people and it's better to, um, be gentle where I can it doesn't, it doesn't mean being gentle with my rules around food or my tools and this kind of thing, but there's a kind compassion that can lead me to life change a lot faster and more sustainable. Long time is like tough love. Let's just stop hate myself. Don't feel Fine. just take action. And that was my philosophy. And you know, taking action it works, but it's not sustainable for me. So thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Next we have Terry W. Followed by Liz E. Go ahead, Terry.
10: Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Julie, for your service. This is Terry W. From Newton, Mass. And I, you know, I find this really funny. Perhaps we've committed a criminal offense, which might land us in jail if it was known to the authorities. Well you know the word perhaps means uncertainty or possibility well there was no possibility i did steal and i stole a lot um particular you know i'm talking about when i was anorexic and i was 70 pounds and under and i stole clothes i stole pocketbooks i stole from all these different kinds of stores and i did get caught and i was put in jail And um, I was in jail overnight and I had to have a court date because you know I stole and um, so I was getting ready for my court date. And I did a lot of research about that because obviously I didn't want to be going to jail. And what I learned from my research is like a very high percentage, maybe it was almost 90% of anorexic steel. And that is because of the fact that their electrolytes are so way off that they don't think straight. So when someone gets below a particular weight, we really don't think straight. Um, so I went to court and I, you know, showed my evidence and my research and all that, and they let me go. But, um, it's really, it's interesting that, you know, today I couldn't even think about stealing, but back then I was so sick in my head and my electrolytes were so bad. Cause I was so thin and so sick. And, you know, today, although I'm recovered, that doesn't mean my mental obsession is gone. Cause I'm always going to have a mental obsession and, um, you know, an allergy. So, um, it's interesting to think about when someone's anorexic how they actually can behave, and um, and it was against my will. I mean, today I couldn't even think of stealing, you know. And if I didn't make all these amends that I had to do, which were scary as hell, I mean, God took my little hand and and walked me through those amends because they were very scary. But you know, I did those bad things. So today I just wanted to say that you know, some anorexic steal, and that's you know a lot of the reasons why when you're so emaciated so i just am so grateful to god that i'm not there today and then i'm recovered and i'm so grateful for all of you and thank you so much for letting me share
0: thank you terry w next we'll have liz e
5: good morning
8: liz e for elegant from the uk thank you very much everybody for your service here today and really just to encourage any shy sharers or nobody has shared Just do that star one. I don't know what I'm going to say. I've asked God to speak through me. Um, I think this brings me to something that happened to me the other week with my daughter, that um, I lied to her about something and she found out. And I projected my shame, internal shame, back at her and accused her of various things. And oh, my goodness. what a horrible thing i did um and it just shows me that my disease is there all the time and um you know my dishonesty um i didn't want to admit that i'd lied to her um and i didn't i felt so ashamed and i thought i was ne- i wasn't going to get found out but she found out um and then my behavior towards her so that I was trying to displace everything onto her, really, really shamed me, and um I've learned a lot from that, and obviously my daughter and I have discussed it, and I've made uh, an amend to her, but she doesn't really believe me um so you know, how am I going to make that living amend and behave um in a sober way and an honest way going forward um 'Cause most of us have done that sort of thing and most of me can do that sort of thing still. So this is not a past thing. You know, I have to do life on life's terms and some days I really mess it up. Um so that's what came to mind for me. Thanks a million, everybody, and with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Liz E. Uh, we to remind everybody we're on page seventy-eight, the third paragraph. Perhaps we've committed a criminal offense. Ending with, that's a common form of trouble too. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Aaron K. Heidi C. New York. Erin K. Heidi.
12: Cheryl L, New Hampshire.
9: Cheryl L. Lou B from Texas. Bonnie Liz. B.
6: Liz,
13: Liz E again. L O U.
0: And Barney B. All right. How about one more?
14: Jenna S. Jenna S. or S. S. Like Saturday from Pennsylvania. Thank you. Okay, let's
0: start with Erin K. Followed by Heidi.
9: Good morning, everybody. This is Erin K., recovering compulsive overeater in Michigan. Um, I I agree with our first uh, share that this paragraph is about our thinking Um, the sentence that that hits home with me is we are sure we would be imprisoned or lose our job if it were known and it was that word sure Um, I have been so sure that you know x consequence would result from getting you know being humble and honest in this program whether, you know, it was just telling on myself about something going on that I didn't want to share, holding back, or in an amend. And I'll tell you that every single time I have been proven wrong. And, you know, I think we don't fear the unknown. We fear the story we tell ourselves about how it's going to be if we get honest or make the amends. and. You know, if you are facing down any scary spiritual work, amends, whatever it is, dial some numbers. And and I, I bet everybody on this line has examples of when they were 100% sure what was going to happen in their life, if they stepped up or got honest, and they could tell you that they've been beautifully and miraculously wrong um with that i'll pass thanks
0: thank you erin k next we have heidi and please let me know the initial of your last name followed by cheryl l
15: hi this is heidi b from new york um recovered for today and um yeah this really resonates and i've loved um so much of what i've heard this morning and um you know, I I committed crimes that um, could have landed me in jail, and I remember the first time that I did my inventory, there was uh, one thing in particular that didn't even come up for me that did come up this last time around. And I had so much fear around it because it really was something um, that could have gotten me into a lot of trouble. and. I um you know at the first uh, counsel that I received on it um I sort of concluded that I would harm someone else, and I didn't act, but um just in within a few months i it was just really weighing heavy on my heart and talked to some more people about it and decided that it was something I really needed to do and so I reached out to this person and um you know, she um, she sort of threw me out of her office, <laughs> you know, not not actually, but, um, you know, she just, she answered me at first. Um, she responded to an email. She wouldn't take my call, but she responded to an email. And then I tried to follow up on the email to set a date to meet with her, and um, she just she stopped responding to me. She didn't want to have anything to do with it. And, um, you know, like the book tells us we don't shrink. And I am, I'm ready, you know, to do this amends um, no matter what. And, you know, I love what was said earlier about reputation versus integrity. Like, I didn't want to really do it at first because it would have, you know, it would really um ruin my reputation were it known. But it's just something that, you know, like I I I have to do. Like I how free do you want to be, right? Like I, I wanna be free and I'm I'm ready to do it at any point. Um even though I, I might go to jail for it. And um, you know, and even though that sounds scary, like I really am truly in my heart, like ready at any point to do it. Um, and yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just grateful today,
10: and
0: I'll, I will pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi B. Next we have Cheryl L. Followed by Lou. Go ahead, Cheryl.
12: Good morning, everyone. My name is Cheryl L. I'm a compulsive overeater in New Hampshire today, and I'm just going to set my timer so I don't go over because I can do that very easily um it's um it's so good to be on the meeting this morning and it's so good to hear all of the shares that um that I've heard you know this is this is probably one of the most important things that I can do in order to um in order to kind of wake up my brain and to help me to realize you know that I still have more work to do um a couple of things that I really resonated that really resonated with me today was um, you know the telling on myself and um and what that's going to what that's going to look like um what's the outcome going to be and uh when I was making um some of my direct amends um from my 8 step list um I was proven wrong i because the stuff rents free space in my head, you know the things that I carried around with me rented a lot of free space in my head, and most of the people that i've gone to have said you know it I I didn't see it that way. I didn't I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like you were treating me that way. So these were all the things that were in my head. Um the other thing that really resonated with me was facing my fears. Um I somewhere in the literature it talks about, you know, our fears turn out to be boogeymen. And um and yeah, that's that's definitely the case for me. I do fear the story that I tell myself. Um I do fear you know I, back back many, many years ago, I used to um, have the entire outcome just outlined, you know, uh, this is what this person is going to say, and this is how I'm going to react to it. Um, and um, and I, I tried not to do that anymore. I tried to just stay and stay in the now. Um, the last thing that I, um, or the two more, there's two more things. One thing was that, um, what did I do that could have caused harm? And you know, when I look back on my, um, on my eating career, you know, and driving around in a car with food. Um, getting distracted, you know, and dropping something and picking it up and taking my ro- my my eyes off the road. I could have caused a serious accident. So the harms caused, some of them, you know, actually there were harms that were actually caused, but there were harms that could have been caused if God wasn't looking out for me. The last thing I want to just uh, talk about briefly, and, and I would really re- um, welcome some some um, phone calls on this, is that I have a niece that I've been estranged from for, for several years, and um, I have her phone number... And um, and I do need to pray for the willingness to uh, to reach out to her to make amends. Um, the question I've written for myself today is: Am I ready? Am I ready to make these amends? And can I be thorough when I make these amends to her? Because she lived with me for um, she lived with me for nine years, and um, in you know, in, and sometimes I was in the throes of my of my disease, um, sometimes I wasn't, and uh, but there were harms done to her, and I really want to try to make things right with her before. Uh, before it's too late. So, with that, I will pass and thank you all for listening. Thank you, Cheryl
0: L. Next, we have Lou, followed by Barney B., and then Jenna S.
13: Good morning. Thank you for hearing me. This is Lou B., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Texas. And, like an earlier uh, speaker, I want to talk about that. Part of the paragraph it says but we that we are sure we would be imprisoned or lose our job if it were known, you know um I don't know if this is in the big book it may not be, but uh the imposter syndrome, where you know we uh I have the imposter syndrome, meaning that I'm just I, for instance, I'm always certain that I'm just gonna get fired from my job, you know i mean i just I just can't possibly be good enough to keep this great job that i have for instance and you know that's just in my thinking that's the way my mind works and it's part of my disease i believe um so yeah i mean this 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 part of the steps is, is risky you know we're doing something that's that's really out well outside my comfort zone to go to people who could possibly give us a a strong consequence or reject us or you know humiliate us or whatever Um, and and like the lead speaker said you know I I don't have to do it alone I have people I can talk to about it talk with about it I can rehearse my amends um, with them and um, and get their get their feedback on and what I'm I'm thinking about saying but even if there's not a criminal um, offense involved. Everybody's big thing is everybody's big thing, you know. Whatever the big deal in your life is, it might not be going to jail, but it might be talking to somebody who you have a lot of fear about talking with. And um, again, you know, we don't have to do it alone. Um, I've got a higher power who 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 helps me with this type of thing and and gives me solutions to these to these situations that I think are just going to be horrible, you know. <laughs> Generally. That they don't turn out that horrible, you know most of the time it turns out pretty okay and um and it might not look the way that I thought it was going to look, but every time without fail, I have what I need, and um you know I'm provided for, and I'm protected and 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 it's a it's a wonderful process and and as scary as it is going in, the freedom on the other side of it is indescribable. So, yeah, I mean, my mind, <laughs> my mind is a dangerous neighborhood, you know, don't go there by yourself, but yeah, there's been so many times where I was sure that something terrible, catastrophic was going to happen and um you know, it didn't. And so so what that tells me today is that, you know, I can look back on these circumstances that worked out well and say, you know what? Last time you were in a situation like this, it ended up being okay, you know? So chances are pretty good that but this one's probably going to be okay, too. And it it, it makes it just a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And these steps slowly but surely have become, you know, truly a way of life for me. And um, when I apply these principles to all my affairs, you know, things things generally go really, really well. And um, I, I really am living in that fourth dimension today, and I'm so grateful for it. And uh, I think that's all I've got. Thanks for listening. Everybody have a great day. I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Ruby. Uh, Bonnie B. followed by Jenna F.
16: Good morning, everyone. Thanks, Julie, for taking the meeting. Bonnie B. from Minnesota, um, recovered by the grace of God, but currently in South Carolina. I'm loving the weather change, to be honest. Um, so step nine, step eight, step nine, what, what an amazing um, journey this was. Um, yeah, I have stolen from many, many, many people. One of the things that came up in my inventory early on was how I had stolen from a person I babysat from. And, um, you know, God places into your heart, those things that you need to make, right. And I hadn't made it right at that point, or, you know, it was, it was on my list, but I I hadn't dealt with it because I hadn't seen them, and they were a long ways away from me. But I knew at some point I would. And then my dad passed away and, um, they came to the funeral. Actually, the wife came to the funeral and immediately I knew that I needed to make that amends. And so I reached out to her and asked if I could come visit her and her husband. And she said, that would be great. She said, Jimmy was in hospice and they lived in the same house they had lived in when I babysat, which was, you know, I was 14, I'm now 60. And um, set up a date and made a, a plate of homemade chocolate chip cookies. And um, God directed me to get a Walmart card for them and made the road trip. And as I drove back to the place where I was raised, to the place where I babysat for them because they lived on the same farm, um, I just prayed. God, you're going to have to help me. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to open it up. Um, Long story short, I get into their house. The house looks exactly the same. Jimmy is on the couch. He's in hospice. You can tell he's in his last days. And I sat on the couch and I trusted God for the next right thing. And I saw pictures on the wall of their twin girls and conversation went to the kids. And then Judy had opened up. She said, you know, one of my daughters, it's so weird because, well, one of my granddaughters, she'll come to a certain function and she'll be normal weight. And then she'll come six months later and she'll be 60 pounds heavier. And 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 God just completely opened up the door for me. And I got out of the chair and I sat on the ground in front of them. And I said, you know... This is this is my deal. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater and I've had an eating disease my entire life and I, I regret to say that I stole food from you many times when I babysat. And um I have a gift card and I'm here just to, to let you know that um it wasn't my ideal. And they were so gracious and so kind and so understanding and the conversation then just I mean she's like, Oh it didn't matter, but of course it did matter to me, but she was very gracious and kind, as was Jimmy. And before I left, I asked if I could pray with them, and um, they welcomed it, and we prayed, the three of us, and then I drove home, and I felt like, you know, I felt like I, cause I was at my ideal body weight, but I felt like that in my head. And she called the next day, and she said Jimmy had passed away in his sleep that night. And I went to the funeral two weeks later, and she, the first thing she – thank you so much. I'll follow up, and I'll finish just a second. The first thing she said was um, – um, you have no idea what it meant to Jimmy to come and for you to pray with him. Um, it, was, it was amazing, and I'll, I just so appreciate that. So, you know, these amends are beautiful, and we don't know going into it, but if God goes with us, we can't go wrong. And thanks so much for letting me
0: share in our past. Thank you, Barnaby. Next we have Jenna S. Hi. Thank you so much. My
14: name is Jenna S in Pennsylvania and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater I just I wanted to share um, I am I'm coming back after a long time and I was young and I don't even remember really what it was like I mean I remember good things about recovery but I feel like I'm up against just so much fear of um, of doing this and when I hear this paragraph um, and I've done amends and other programs so I but there's this is my deepest uh, addiction this is my most closely held um way of life you know food is my my everything even though um i've gotten away with it for a long time um but when i read when i when when i hear this paragraph it gives me like fear it changes the fear and adds a little bit of hope like i have this real resistance it feels impossible to plan and commit my meals it feels like if there was a vending machine or some kind of magic that gave me, uh, you know, abstinent food, and I had to just live with only that, that would be its own recovery. That would be its own thing. Um, I mean, having access to other food, I mean. But the idea of the, – the, the paragraph tells me that there's there's more going on with me. Like, I know not everyone steals, and I know that, it, you know – they're just listing different things that we might need to make amends for. But I did, I did do a lot of stealing, especially as a kid. And um, it, just, it just reminds me that my, my head makes it about the food. Like, I can't possibly do that. You're asking me to recover enough to be a good mom to myself and to be able to make all these meals and plan all this shopping. And I'm going to do that overnight? like that that's what my big my there's this big block like I can't I can't do it but I wonder when I hear this paragraph um if it's if it's um that I'm afraid of other things there that I have this whole disease that I have this whole that, that, that the eating is a symptom and the and the lack of eating well is a symptom and that there's so much more that I'm going to run into so much trickier stuff than figuring out what to eat. Um, so it helps it helps me kind of um, look down the balance beam more toward the end instead of just be looking at my feet going, oh, my gosh, I'm going to fall. And then, then paradoxically, like, stay in the day, stay where my feet are, and maybe there is a way that I can't see yet through planning food and that um, it just starts with picking up the phone again. I did come to Vision, I guess, last summer, and I got a sponsor, and it was pretty good and we did some things and got to step four and I just I forget what happened oh I started working at a new job or something I just felt like I couldn't do it all so i okay thank you so much yeah so I'm just going to pick up the phone again thanks everyone
0: thank you Jenna S we have time for two more shares who would like to share
1: Polly D. Elizabeth D.
0: Polly and Elizabeth D. Okay, go ahead, Polly. And what's the initial of your last name? I missed that. Good
1: morning, everyone. Uh, Polly D. Like Dog from Kentucky. Wow, such beautiful shares. This week, last week. And what's in my mind right now, thinking about things, is... And this is so obvious, maybe, but it's like one of those "Aha duh" moments," is there might be something that I think is just way too petty, whether it's financial or something else and And you know, my, it might be my fear, but I can also just be uh, dismissive, like minimizing it. But the thing is, God is using it, so obvious shares that we're very engaged in ourselves and what our feelings are about it and in my head and our thoughts and all that everybody's been saying, but God might be using this so-called petty thing for the other person. (laughs) So we need to listen to that little nudge in ourselves. And I'm thinking about a couple myself that I I might need to make Um, because we don't know how God will use this, our reaching out. And the reason it's a duh for me is it, you know, people are sharing about these beautiful conversations that happen sometimes, and I know it's not always like that with the men's, you know, we get thrown out of offices or whatever, but from one of what I'm thinking about with my daughter in particular, uh, all this stuff around her wedding that had happened, and it was such a beautiful, beautiful conversation that I was so scared of, so we see this so much from our own perspective, our own fear, but if we stay, you know, God is the opposite of fear, so if we Stay in that place of fear, 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 about negative emotions. Like, just for me to listen to the nudge, because I don't know everything. God sees around blind corners that I cannot see. God might be utilizing this for the other person. I'm not the center of the universe. And to free me, of course. But if it's something that oh, yeah, I'm not that bothered by, I, I need to pray about that. Because maybe it's not about me. That's all I've got. Beautiful shares, everyone. Have a blessed and abstinent day. And I am Polly D., uh, Recovered Impulsive Eater in Kentucky. Bye-bye. Thank you, Polly D. And Elizabeth D., we probably have two minutes. Go ahead.
17: Hi, this is Elizabeth B. Thank you um, for your service this morning. Um, I've been listening for the last two days. Um, oh, I've been listening for the last 103 days um, since I um started working with a sponsor in vision and started getting honest about um with myself with God and with another person about the exact nature of who I am and um it has been one of the har- it has been not even one of the hardest process I've ever done in my entire 57 years of existence um my life as a compulsive overeater, um, addict, and many other diseases was all about lies and self-deception. And it says in How It Works, we must be rigorously honest with ourselves. Um, I have finished, I've completed the steps with my sponsor, and I'm living one day at a time, um, following directions, as, as 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 it's been laid out in the big book. Um, and I made my, um, I did, did my, uh, I wrote my list of the people I had harmed and, and the things that I had done in my life. Um, and in the last two days, as I listened to people go back through um, bringing out, you know, pieces of memories that they, you know, had stole or crossed a border with money or still something when they were babysitting, um, it, it is actually creating an enormous amount of Discomfort in my body, and almost like re-traumatizing. I have done uh, many amends over over the years since I first came into twelve step programs eighteen years ago. Um, But what I'm finding is that there, perhaps, I haven't done everything. I haven't done every little thing, and that is scary as as it's been shared the fear is is terrifying not of being find out found out but to have to go back into my past i feel very grateful that i have the willingness and uh, to be honest today about what i'm putting in my body as a bulimic um thank you i heard you um and and not throwing it up or exercising it away and that that I realize that I need to stay very much in step one today because this kind of fear is very, very traumatizing. Thanks, and I'll let um, pass.
0: Thank you, Elizabeth D. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Susan S. H. Please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
18: Thank you. <clears throat> I'm Susan S.H., your recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got.